Today I'm joined by the lead singer, bassist, and songwriter of Skillet, uh, John Cooper. John, it's really great to have you on. Thank uh, you. It's good to be here. We got it all set up. My mic is working and everything. I feel like a champ. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I wanted to say that uh, I, I wanted to have all your CDs growing up, uh, but I only have Ardent Worship because we didn't listen to that type of rock music. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> to, to Petra. Um, Yes. I like Petra, but... Uh, I do too. I, I love worship. Petra. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, and I shouldn't say this, but a group of us uh, would have uh, burned copies of Christian music because we weren't allowed to, to listen to it. So we yeah. were persecuted for our faith. Uh, and we, <laughs> yeah. we always had Skillet on, on those CDs. Oh, that's funny. I'm so glad you like the music and I can relate to all those stories you just said. Sure. And I, you're coming out with a new book, Awake and Alive to Truth, Finding Truth in the Chaos of a Relativistic World. And I followed Skilt for years, but was pretty surprised at your response. I think it was a year ago when Joshua Harris and Marty Sampson uh, were, were pretty public with their uh, leaving Christianity or historic Christianity. Sure. Uh, but when it comes to, to that initial response um, on Facebook, you had some pretty strong words. Has anything changed or do you feel very strong um, about what you said, do you stand by uh, what you said, or would you nuance anything? Right. Um, no, I wouldn't nuance anything. <laughs> no, I stand. I stand by that. I, I think what really bothered me about it, I don't like the, um, I, I don't like the cultural confusion of what social media is, and you know, social media. You are. It's just like you are standing up in front of the world with a microphone. And a lot of times people don't, they act like, well, no, this is just like, I'm just being real on my, with my friends. But no, you're standing up with a microphone to the world saying stuff. And what really bothers me is when people not just fall from their faith, but when they come in to attack God or attack the church, that's what really bothers me. So I thought, you know what, this is really dishonored God in a public way. And I, I think that, that that demands a public rebuttal. So I know that, you know, one of the, one of the guys that I, that was upset with me um, after that, you know, he was really mad about, you could have contacted me personally. I'm like, I don't know you, we've never met. You made a public statement with a, a bunch of crazy stuff that really dishonored God's holiness. And I responded to it. So man up, you know? So no, I, I don't feel bad about it at all. <laughs> Okay. And for those who haven't read the post, can you unpack a bit of what was said there? There was a part in which you called into question celebrity, uh, Christian celebrity culture. And, and it's interesting because you're a Christian celebrity, but you, right. were, you, you, were, you were saying there's something wrong with you being held on a pedestal as if you have some type of biblical authority. Can you unpack that a bit? Um, are you talking about on this happened in the last week? Uh, no, I'm talking about the Facebook post in which oh, you said... Sorry, in which you said uh, uh, we're, we're, we're treating certain influencers like they have a biblical authority. Ah, yes, I'm sorry. Uh, you're right. I haven't, I haven't read it in a long time. I, I remember now. <clears throat> yeah, I think that, that part of what it is is that we, I, again, I do think that social media culture, it, it's just changed so much that we now just take in a bunch of like all sorts of information and we don't discern between 
certain things that maybe should be listened to more than other things. It, we just like take it all in and we don't have wisdom to, to discern what it is. We don't discriminate. And so all of a sudden you have influencers that are really trying to build their brand. And, and I would say Skillet's the same way. Skillet's music, I'm trying to build my brand. I'm an entertainer. I want people, please don't rip off my music buy my muse don't don't do no i'm kidding <laughs> um, no uh but yeah i want people to buy my music but i use that platform i hope to glorify god and to spread seed for the gospel and to spread truth that's that's what i hope to do but i don't i but i don't i don't i don't let's see it's when we twist the two things when you're building a brand but you also are acting like that that you hold like authority in the church almost it, it's that it's part of that confusion. And I don't necessarily mean that the influencers are trying to act like they have authority in the church, but the people take them as if they are authority in the church. I'm not blaming the influencer for that. Really. It's, it's, it's in the system. It's the way that it's set up. And so I would encourage Christians to remember that we do have people that God has, has placed over us for our benefit, which is our pastors and our teachers and the people that know you and the people that, speak into your life. And I, I would, I would say, let's learn to, to discriminate who it is that we listen to for truth. That's what I would say. Gotcha. Gotcha. And, and I've been listening to, to your podcast now for a few weeks, Cooper stuff, and it's a very intriguing resource. And you obviously are at odds with more of progressive Christianity. And uh, what do you find troublesome or concerning about quote unquote, uh, progressive Christianity? Um, um, what's wrong with this brand of Christianity. There's so many denominations can't find a place in evangelicalism. Right, right. I know what you mean. Well, as you kind of alluded to already by saying there's so many different, there tons of denominations, you know, if whatever you believe, you'll find a place that'll, that'll accept you, I'm sure. Um, even within progressive Christianity, obviously that's a wide tent, right? That's a really big tent. My problem with it in general if I could, I'd probably just say this to boil it all down. I think it comes down to authority of scripture. I think that a lot of progressive Christianity will end up leading you, even if it hasn't already, it will end up leading you to, to, to having to be become liberal about the word of God. It, it will absolutely happen. So, and if you do it on one issue, then you have to, to, to put the same hermeneutic to, to one issue as you do the other issue. And before you know it, you're very far off from Orthodox Christianity. So that is kind of, I guess if I boil it all down, I would say that it's getting farther away from what I think authority of scripture, what, what the, the writers of the Bible intended to mean during that time in their language to those people, that is the unchanging word of God. And when we get away from that, we are going to find ourselves in absolute destruction, which we are now. I mean, that's where the church is at now. The church, the church has lost all all of its strength, all of its boldness, even within the church. We have pastors falling from their faith, falling into apostasy, deconstructing to the point that they're no longer saved. So the reason that I, that I, uh, when I say no longer saved, sorry, what I meant was deconstructing their faith to the point that it no longer looks like Christianity. That That's a better way to say that, all right, theologically. But the reason I wrote this book, which is called Awake and Alive to Truth. It, it was born out of a few things. One of these was from a conversation with a friend that I had known for 10 years. That was, I, I thought we were on the same page. We were, you know, went to church together. 
And, and we were having a conversation and he was saying things. And I was like, what do you mean by that? This is back in 2012, 2013. And, and I kept asking questions. And after an hour, I just said, bro, I, I don't know if you know, but that's not actually Christianity. That's universalism. That, that's a whole different thing. And he's like, what do you mean? I don't know what universalism is. And I said, well, that's what you're talking about. Once you get into a place to where God's love uh, supersedes God's justice and God no longer punishes sin and, and you know, so on and so forth, you are now into universalism. That's not actually Orthodox Christian faith. But this is somebody that I went to church with for over a decade. And I thought, how could you not have ever heard this before? So uh, I'm, not, I'm not laughing to make fun of him. I'm laughing for my own. It took me an hour to realize what was going on because I'm not all that smart. So at the end of it, I thought, we need to do a better job of explaining what the word of God is. So that's what my book, Awaken Alive to Truth, is. And it, it, it lays out two paths to finding truth. One path is in Christ alone, and it leads to life. The other path is going to be basically in your heart, it, f following your emotions or following, well, if God is love, then I don't think that he would do this. Like that is basically you following your emotions and that path is going to lead to death. And, and that's what the book is about. And I, I hope that it can bring order to, to, to people's lives, especially young people that are growing up in such a, a relativistic post-truth society. Mm. And, and when it comes to, you mentioned universalism, when it comes to universalism or deconstruction and this, this huge emphasis right now in evangelicalism, how, how, do you think, how do you think we got here? What are your own um, thoughts? What paved the way for where we're at now? Mm. Oh, that's a, that's a long conversation. <laughs> but, you know, I, I can tell you some of the things that have, that, that have paved the way. One of those things is just simply this, that we think that we, um, let's say, let's say it like this. I do think that, that postmodernism and this, the, like this idea that, that you can have your own truth and I can have my own truth and you can't know what I've gone through. You know, that kind of idea, like my experience gives me a whole version of truth that you could not relate to, you know, in theology, um, we call it standpoint epistemology, but it comes from this postmodernism idea. I think that that has kind of led us to going, there are things I like about the Bible, but there are things that I don't like about the Bible. <laughs> you know, Jesus, I love the ethical life of Jesus. He's so nice to people and he's so gracious to the adulterous woman and he feeds the poor. It is the ethical life of Jesus that everyone loves. Um, and I wrote about this in my book when I say that we, we, we say that, that Jesus is the lamb and we like Jesus the lamb, but Jesus the lion is another story. Yeah, Jesus, the, 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 the same guy, the same man who's gracious to the adulteress is not very gracious to, to the self-righteous people of the day who feel like that they can earn their way to salvation. So some of it, I think, is this from this relativism that, hey, I think that I could know better than God what God should be like. Does that make sense? So okay. I, I think that God, if he loves people, I don't think God would punish sin. That just seems mean to me. And so we begin to recreate God in our own image. So it really comes down to that for me. I'm, I'm hearing you say then um, there's an individualism um, as well as cherry picking, which kind of go hand in hand uh, as to why we're here. I, I think I would say those are definitely two, 
two big, uh, two big ingredients in the stew, right? We're dumping the salt in pretty good. Yeah, I definitely think that that's a thing. And I do talk about that in the book. So let me just kind of give a quick overview, which is this. The book basically gives us foundational orthodox things. It's, I call it theology for dummies like me, be that maybe you can't sit through a John Calvin book. Uh, maybe you can't make it all the way through um, what have you um, or Bonhoeffer or something. But this is a book that, that talks about, in, um, as you say, individual sin, which we call original sin. It talks about those kinds of things relativism, not, not finding truth in your emotions, because your emotions will always lead you to do bad stuff. You know, just notice when you become a parent, you're going to find out <laughs> when you become a parent and, and some of the crazy things that you think because you're so tired and you're so stressed out. And all of a sudden you realize I cannot find truth through my emotions. So it talks about a lot of that kind of stuff. So it's good for people that, that might not think they're all that intellectual. And it just says it in, in an easy way. I hope. And to end, I guess, to end our time together, it's been an honor, but to end our time together, I wanted to ask real quick about your own journey and if you ever had uh, deconstruction moments. I, I've heard of even giants like Billy Graham who went through a, a dark season, but he came out of it okay. Uh, can you recall moments where you yourself had all the pieces laying out and you had to sort it all together or where your doubt seemed stronger than your faith? Right. You know, I, I did give a, a story in the book um, and I should just mention, if people want to buy the book, you can go to my website, johnlcooper.com slash awake, if you want to go straight to the book, johnlcooper.com. Um, I did share a story about this in the book. I mean, I got saved as a kid. My mom was a Jesus freak, fanatical Jesus freak. She would not let me, she would never have listened to Skillet. She would never have let me listen to Skillet. I can promise you that or Petra, but that's another story. Anyway, um, but a Jesus fanatic, uh, nonetheless. I grew up in a very legalistic uh, house, and, and I, I didn't like that stuff, all right? But when I went to college, because I had grown up in such a legalistic place, I had never learned about evolution. I had never learned about uh, what I would call apologetics. Um, in other words, I wasn't allowed to learn any of the things that could be challenging to my faith. So I got it all the first week at college. First week at college, it was just like, uh, I was offered sex with no strings every day at college. Uh, professors were making fun of Christianity, like English professors making fun of Christianity. My biology uh, professor, like just randomly will make jokes about idiots who believe the, the Bible is real. Um, I took an American history class and he started off with making fun of the Bible because it couldn't have been written when it was, well, you know, this and that and the other. And I just felt like, oh my gosh, have I been lied to my whole life? I've never heard these things. So there was that first week of college that I prayed because I knew God and I had talked to God since I was five years old. And I said, God, you know, you've never failed me yet, but I'm pretty confused. And would you lead me in the Bible to something that can strengthen my faith? And after three days, God led me to this amazing passage of scripture that says that God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And it was in that moment of reading the word of God, I remembered the word of God is the wisest of all wisdom. And it is the arrogance of men who think that their brains uh, are more infinite than the infinite creator God, right? So it was in that moment that I realized, of course, um, th the wisdom of God is foolishness to the world because their eyes are darkened. And it just connected with me when I realized that 
God has given me wisdom. I'm not smart. I'm not intelligent, but I have wisdom because I have feared the Lord. And that was a life-changing moment for me. So I wrote about that in the book. So for anybody that is going through that deconstruction, I would just say this. If what you're deconstructing is are things that are not built on the word of God, then I think that that's okay, right? I, I had to kind of deconstruct from some of the legalism, if you will, and from, from not walking in grace, you know, like the legalism that's like, if I mess up today, God's never going to forgive me. Those are not true things. So if you deconstruct, deconstruct, but always fall on the foundation of God's word because it will never change, but everything else is going to change. And if you just go with your emotions, your emotions will lead you to a different place next year and you'll find out you'll end up washed, washed on the shore. So that's my encouragement to people. Well, thank you, John. It's been a, a privilege and um, um, I'm going to pick up your, your book. I'm very excited for it. And um, I, I guess until next time. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. I want to say thanks to everybody for watching. Be strong and I hope to talk to you all again. All right. Take care.